If you're taking notes this morning, my sermon title is God Will Work It Out. God Will Work It Out. And I believe that there's a lot of situations that we go through. I believe that there's a lot of struggles that we go through. Um, There's a lot of sadness maybe that we go through or anger or we struggle um, with a lot of things. And um, we're human and it happens. Um, But I believe that we need to understand that God will work it out. No matter what situation we go through, no matter what struggle we go through, no matter what's happening in our lives, I believe that God would always work it out. And I believe that we have to trust Jesus in that. We have to trust God in that. And this morning we're going to talk about a lot of things that God has done in the Bible um, that is relevant to our lives, that's relevant to us now. Um, Us as a church, we believe that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we believe as a church that the same miracles God's done before that he could do today. The same healings that we read in the Bible are the same healings that God could do in your life. Um, Maybe you are struggling through depression, anxiety. Maybe you're struggling. Um, Maybe someone is sick that is very close to you. We believe that God will heal, not only physically, but mentally and spiritually. Um, So we're just going to pray this morning. God, we just lift you up. God, we just thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for what you're going to speak. God, I pray that whatever situation that we're going through, Jesus, I pray that you just move in that situation. God, that this morning we'll start to ready our hearts, we'll start to ready our minds. God, um, we'll just have our eyes just fixed on you and nothing else. God, that whatever is happening in our lives this morning, God, that we'll just put all distractions aside. God, and just focus on what you want to speak. God, so we just thank you, praise you, worship you, and everybody said, amen, amen. The first note, um, if you're taking notes this morning, the first point is worry about nothing, pray about everything. Worry about nothing, pray about everything. Um, There's a lot of things that we worry about in life. Um, We worry about maybe what job we're going to try to apply for, what job we're going to get. We worry about what college we're going to go to. Um, We worry about what we're going to eat after service today for lunch. We worry about what we're going to wear Christmas Day, even though nobody's going to see us besides our family. Um, We worry about a lot of stuff in life. But I believe that we should worry about nothing and pray about everything. And it says in Proverbs 4, 6, It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. See right here in the scripture it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in in everything by prayer. See, I believe that God's saying in the scripture, don't be anxious, don't worry, but to do what? But to pray. See, God's calling us not to worry about what's happening in life. God's calling us not to be anxious. God's calling us, and he's saying, Hey, don't worry. I got this. I got your back. I, I, I could do this for you. Don't worry about it, but do what? It says, but to pray. But pray. There was this um, time when we had a youth on Wednesday nights that um, this girl came up to me during service, and she said, hey, I need prayer. And I'm like, yeah, what's up? Let's pray. Um, she's like, I need prayer over my sick dog. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Let's pray. Let's pray over your sick dog. And a lot of us may think it's cute that a little girl wants prayer over her sick dog or whatever situation may be. But what I see when I looked into this girl is a girl who understood pray about everything. A girl that understood don't be worried. Don't be anxious. Don't be fearful. Pray about everything. Because I believe if it's important to you, it's important to God. And God's saying pray about everything, whether it's about your dog, about your goldfish, about someone who is in your family that is sick. God is saying pray about everything. He's saying don't worry. Don't be anxious. God literally calls us and says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. 
that your request will be made known to God. See, I love how it says your request will be made known. Because a lot of us, we think that we're praying for things and we believe that God's not listening. We believe that God is not working in our situation. We believe that God's not there. We're saying, God, I'm praying for this person. God, I'm praying for my friend to come to church. God, I'm praying um, for my sick sibling. I'm praying for all these things. But why aren't you listening? But God's saying when you pray that he's listening. But a lot of times we just got to make sure that we trust that God's timing is a whole lot better than our timing. Prayer is mentioned 547 times in the Bible. It's mentioned a lot, which I believe, which makes it more important. Because prayer is mentioned so much, and even when we read in the Bible, Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed about a lot of things, and before Jesus was crucified, um, the day before Jesus was arrested, Jesus prayed. And it was one of the longest prayers that Jesus prayed in the Bible, and I believe it just shows how important prayer is. Because Jesus wasn't worried, he wasn't afraid, and yeah, he's Jesus, he's this perfect guy, but I believe that he came to this understanding that he had a God, that he had a Father that was so much bigger than the situation he was walking into. Even Jesus prayed. So why don't we pray if we're trying to make ourselves look more like Jesus? Why don't we pray if Jesus prayed? And even Jesus um, talked to God, even Jesus said, Father, I need your help. I need you to work this out. And if Jesus prays, then I believe that we should pray. We should know not to worry or not to be afraid. And something that we have to understand is that God is for you. See, a lot of times we believe and think that God is against us, that God's not listening, that all these things. But we have to know that God is for you. That God doesn't want to see you fail. God doesn't want to see you fall. God doesn't want to see you get hurt. God is for you. God's for your situation. God's for your family. God's for your kids. God's for your friends. God is for you. And he doesn't want to see us fail. It says that Jesus, that God doesn't want us to be harmed. That he's there for us and he's there not against us. So we have to understand that God is going to be in our situation. That God's going to be in our worry. That God's going to be in our anxiety. And church, let me tell you this morning that what I believe, it's to stop worrying. Stop worrying about things and pray about everything. Because we need to understand and know we need to turn worry into worship. We need to turn fear into joy. We need to turn anxiety into trusting Jesus. We should worry about nothing and pray about everything. Because we have a God who is there for us. We have a God who's not against us. We have a God that will turn fear into joy. That will turn worry into faithfulness. That will turn anxiety into joy. We have a God who is there for us and who's not against us. So worry about nothing and pray about everything. Why? Because God will work it out. And we have to know that God will work it out. We have to know that God will be in our situation, that God will move even if we don't see it happening. And there's a lot of challenges that we go through in life where we don't see God doing something. And it's okay if we don't see God doing something because we have to trust that he's still there, that he's still moving. See, the word worry um, in the Old English, it comes from an Old English word called virgin. And virgin means strangle. So when you're worrying, you're not just worrying, you're strangling yourself. And that's why it makes so much sense when people have anxiety attacks, what happens? They feel like they can't breathe. They feel like everything around them is closing in. Some people have to use inhalers to get a good breath. 
But it makes sense because when you're worrying, you're not worrying, you're strangling yourself. So now you get to this point where you feel like everything's closing in. You feel like you can't breathe. You feel like God's not for you. You feel like God's against you. And now you're strangling. Not necessarily because of what's going on in your life, but because you are strangling yourself. Because why? Because you're not trusting Jesus in that situation. Because now you're worrying about everything and praying about nothing. But you have to know that God is there for you. To not worry, because when you worry, you strangle yourself. And I know a lot of us wouldn't go out at home and purposely try to strangle ourselves. But when you're worrying and when you're having anxiety and when you're being anxious, that is what you're doing. And that's why we have to pray about every situation. That's why we have to pray um, about what God's doing in our lives. See, because God calls us to trust him. God doesn't say, hey, worry. God says to trust him. And we can't say we trust Jesus but be worried at the same time. Because worry doesn't come with trust. Trust comes with faithfulness. And faithfulness comes with believing in Jesus. So when we're worried and when we're afraid, we're not trusting Jesus. We can't walk around and say, yeah, I trust Jesus when we're worried. Because that's not trusting Jesus. That's believing that God can't work in that situation. That's believing that God won't move in what you're going through. See, because I believe when we pray about everything, when we trust Jesus with the season that we're stepping into, when we trust Jesus in the season that we're in, when we pray about everything and worry about nothing, I believe that chains will be broken free. I believe that walls in your heart will be broken down. I believe that you'll feel a peace and you'll feel a comfort that you never felt before. And the chains that are holding you down this morning, I believe, will be broken. The walls that are built up in your heart, I believe, will be broken down. The job that you've been worrying about, whether you get it or not, you'll come to understand whether I get that job or not. I trust Jesus will work it out. Whether I go to that school or not, I trust Jesus will work it out. Whether my marriage will be fixed or not, I trust Jesus will work it out. Why? Because we need to worry about nothing and pray about everything because God will work it out. And we have to know and understand that God will work it out. But that starts with knowing that Jesus isn't against you. That God isn't against you. That God is for you. That he loves you. That he'll never leave or forsake you. That he's there through every situation. That he's there through every struggle. That he's there through every trial and through every error. And that brings us to the second point. You can't do it. It's like, wow, that's a very encouraging point, right? <laughs> hey, you can't do it. Welcome to Tap First. Yeah. <laughs> But it's not so much you can't do it, it's you can't do it without Jesus. And a lot of us think and believe that we got life figured out. Hate to tell you, you don't. Because we can't do it without Jesus. And it says in John 15, 5, it says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. See, in the scripture, it says, apart from me, you could do what? You could do nothing. But we sometimes think that we don't need Jesus, that we could fix our marriage on our own. That we could work through that depression by ourselves. And then now you start seeing yourself having addiction to drugs and alcohol abuse and all that stuff because now you're trying to do it by yourself. Now you're trying to figure out that anxiety. Now you're trying to figure out that worry. Not through Jesus, but by yourself. And it talks about in Matthew. 
um, Matthew 7, 24-27. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against it, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on a rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. See, when you try to do life by yourself, when you try to figure out life on your own, when you try to work through that situation by yourself, you will always be missing a part in your heart that you're trying to fulfill. Whether that's joy, whether that's love, whether that's peace or comfort, you will always be lacking something. Because you're not building your house or you're not building your spiritual house on a firm foundation. You're building it on a sand. So when a storm comes, when something happens, when someone talks negatively about you, when someone flips out on you, when a boss says something negative to you, now you will always crumble, you will always fail, you will always crash. Why? Because you're not built on a firm foundation. But when we build our house, when we build our spiritual selves on Jesus, we will never fall. We will never fail. Why? Because now our houses are built on the rock. So when a storm comes, we may be swayed left or right. Um, we may go through things, but we will never fail. Why? Because we have Jesus. Because the God that we serve will work in your situation. The God that we serve will give you peace, will give you joy, will give you comfort, will give you what you feel like you're lacking. You can't get that joy and peace through some substance, through some alcohol, through some person. If you're trying to look for it through the world, you will always be missing something. You'll be always missing something in your heart. You'll always feel sad. You would always feel depressed. You'll always feel like God's not there. When you're trying to find it through everything else but Jesus. And I believe that we need to build our house. We need to build our foundation on something that is strong. Because the world's foundation is something that will always fail. And God's foundation is something that's always going to stand. And that's why we read our word. And that's why we read about what God does in scripture. And that's why we uh, read the book that speaks truth. The book that will fill us up. The book that will give us life. The book that will give us joy. The book that will give us peace. Because when you do life with Jesus, you will always win. You never lose. God has conquered fear. God has defeated death. We already had the victory when we're living with Jesus because Jesus has already won. We will never lose. We will walk through life with our head held high and know that life is good, not because the world's going good, but because we have Jesus. When you have Jesus, you have everything. When you have Jesus, you have that joy. You have that peace that you feel like you're trying to fill up through everything else. But God's saying, without me, you can't do anything. You don't have control. You'll lose control when you start to do things on your own. So there was one time, um, I got this new desk for our church a while back. and um, The desk came in. It was one of those that you have to build yourself. 
Um, so I threw the instructions away because I'm a man. Um, well <laughs> why do we do that? I don't know. Do we know how to do everything? No, we don't. We just throw it away. I don't know why. Don't ask me. It's just something we do. So I put the desk together and all the screws in and all the stuff. And when I was done with the desk, the desk looked good. We're not going to talk about the pieces that were off to the side. I don't know what those went to, but <laughs> the desks look good. And I was like, wow, I'm very proud of myself. I did this stuff without instructions. I'm now a man. No. <laughs> but when I went to go put the drawer inside the desk, the drawer wouldn't fit. I'm like, wow, this desk company sucks because I can't blame it on me. I got to blame it on them. Um, they gave me the instructions, but I choose not to listen. And then so I was looking at why it was messing up. And um, I looked inside and I saw that the tracks were put in backwards. And because now the tracks were put in backwards, there was another part that was put in backwards, which messed up another part, and it was just all bad. So I had to humbly walk to the trash can, pick out the instructions, see how to actually build the thing. I had to take it all off and then put it all back, wasted my time where I could have just listened to the instructions and just done it right for the first time. And I believe in life it's like that. I believe in life we try to figure out things on our own because we think that we could do it. But when we live life starting out, was just listening to Jesus and what he called us to do. We will never have to backtrack. We'll never have to go back and try to fix things that we messed up on. Why? Because when you live with Jesus from the start, you will do things right from the start. If I would have just pulled open the instructions and just listened step by step of how I was supposed to do it, I wouldn't have to waste my time, go back and rebuild the whole thing again. And it's like that with Jesus. When we just listen to what God's calling us to do, when we open our instruction manual, our Bible, and see how God calls us to live life, we'll start living life right from the start. Instead of opening the Bible when you messed up or opening the Bible when everything is struggling. And then now you put Jesus on a bookshelf and say, God, I'll pull you back out when I need you. I'll pull you back out when I'm depressed and I need encouragement. If you do that from the start, you'll know how to handle that depression. You'll know how to handle that worry. You'll know how to handle that situation that you're going through in life. And it doesn't mean that you're never going to struggle. We're human. Things happen. Temptation happens. Struggle happens sometimes. But when you open that word and you dig deeper and you say, God, what are you calling me to do? How do you call me to live life? Then you'll start doing it right from the start. And that brings us to the last point. He isn't finished. He isn't finished. See, church, Jesus isn't finished with you yet. Jesus isn't finished with our church. I believe that the best is yet to come. I believe that God is still working in you. That God's still working in your situation. That God's still working in your marriage. That God's still working in your family. I believe that He isn't finished. In Philippians 1.6, it says, Being confident of this, that He who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. See so right here, God is constantly working in your life. God's constantly working in your situation. God's constantly working through your hurt, through your pain, through your struggles, and you have to know that you are good enough. See, there may be someone in this place this morning or watching us online that feels like you're worthless. 
that feels like your life has no value, that feels like God doesn't care about you, that God doesn't love you, that you don't know why you're here on earth, you don't know why you're put on this planet, you don't know what your calling is, and you feel like your life has no value. But let me just encourage you this morning that God loves you so much that you are loved, that you are valuable, that you are worthy, that you are used by Jesus, that God cares about you, that God loves you, that he's going to use you, that he's still working. If you're not dead, then he is still moving in your life. If you are not dead, then he is still working. If you're not dead, then he's still moving. God's going to use you. He isn't finished with you yet. He's not done with your life. He's not done with your situation. He's not done with your marriage. He's not done with your kids. When you feel like that marriage is failing and it can't be fixed, God says, I got this. When you've been praying over your kid to step into church, they will finally step into church when you let God take control because God has got this. Why? Because he isn't finished yet. And I don't know what situation you're going through this morning, and I don't need to know that's between you and Jesus. But what I do know is God sees you. That he isn't done working in you. That he sees what you're going through. He sees your struggles. He sees your trials. He sees everything that's going on. And that he loves you. And that he cares about you. See, because we shouldn't let the enemy place in our minds that we're not valuable, that God doesn't love us, that God doesn't care about us, that God doesn't want you, because God loves you so much. The enemy is here to steal, kill, and destroy, and it talks about in the Bible that the enemy is the father of lies. All he's going to do is place lies in your mind saying that you're not good enough, but I believe that's when we have to turn to God and say, God, I need you to speak into my life. I need you to show me how to live life. I need you to show me how to do these things. I remember a while back, uh, my mom and my dad took us boys to um, the zoo. I think it was in Fresno. And uh, Does anybody have boys in here? Or has anybody had boys? Has anybody had boys going through puberty? We're praying for y'all. That's <laughs> I was a boy one time going through puberty. And um, we went to the zoo and I remember I did something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember I did something that I shouldn't. My dad got on to me. That my dad was pretty stern. And all of a sudden, I just broke down crying. I'm like, Mom, Dad hates me. Like, he doesn't love me. He doesn't want me on this earth. He hates me. I was just freaking out, and not because my dad said he hates me or anything like that, but because I got it in my mind that my father didn't like me, that my father hated me, that my father didn't want me on this earth. And I was crying and freaking out about all this stuff just because he disciplined me about um, me not doing uh, something right. And um, I talked to my dad a little bit later. And my dad just said, son, I do love you. I do care about you. I do appreciate you. Words can explain how much I love you. If you weren't on this earth, I don't know what I would do but I want you to know that I love you so much. Just because you get disciplined doesn't mean that I don't care about you. Doesn't mean that I don't love you. 
And I got to thinking when I thought about this story, if my father loved me so much, if my earthly father loved me so much that words can't explain how much does our spiritual father love me. If my dad loves me so much where if I wasn't on this earth, he doesn't know what he would do. How much does God love you? How much does God love me? How much does God see you? How much does God want you on this earth? How much does God want to use you? Because he isn't finished with you yet. Don't let the enemy tell you that God doesn't love you or that God's finished with you. Don't let the enemy tell you that he doesn't care about you. Don't let the enemy tell you that you shouldn't be on this earth, that nobody cares about you, nobody likes you, nobody loves you, that nobody would care if you were gone. Don't let the enemy speak lies into your mind because God cares about you so much and he isn't finished with you. He is not done. It says in Isaiah 54.10, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. See, the scripture says right here, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. See, God's love for you will never be shaken. God's love for you will never fail. God's love for you will never be gone. It talks about in the scripture, my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. And God's reminding you that he loves you no matter what has happened. I don't know what you've done. I don't know what you're doing. And I don't care what you've been doing or what you've done. I believe that God is still going to use you. That God sees you, that he sees your situation. That God's love, his his unfailing love will not be shaken. I believe that he's working in your life, that he's working in your heart, that he's working in your marriage, that he's working in your situation, that he's working in your hurt, that he's working in your pain. Why? Because you matter. You matter to Jesus. You matter to God. Your life matters. Your family matters. Your kids matter. Your parents matter. That boss at work matters. The friends around you matter. Everybody matters to Jesus. And he doesn't want to see you fail. He doesn't want to see you get hurt. He doesn't want to see you not succeed. God's love will never be shaken. So don't give up. Keep going. Keep walking in the direction that God called you to walk in. Why? Because he is not finished. God's not finished with you. God's not finished with Taffers. God's not finished with our city. God is not finished yet. Can you all just bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning? First and foremost, if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus in your heart and this morning you want to do that for the very first time and maybe you're a little kid and you've done it at Sunday school, you didn't really know what it meant, um, but this morning you want to accept Jesus in your life for the very first time, whether you're watching us here in service or watching us online. When I count to three, if that's you this morning, can you just lift your hand? One, two. 
for the second group if you're in this place and you feel like maybe you've doubted God a little bit, you feel like maybe um, you're not trusting God in this situation or maybe you're just going through a lot right now and you just want to say, God, I'm just giving everything to you, every situation, every hurt, every pain, every trial, every struggle. God, I'm giving everything to you. And this morning you want to just lay it at God's feet and you don't want to pick it back up and leave this place and you want to leave this place renewed, refreshed. You want to leave this place changed. If that's you this morning, whether you're watching us or in service or watching us online, when I count to three, if that's you, just lift your hand. One, two, Amen. God, we just thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for what you're doing. God, we thank you for what you spoke this morning. Jesus, we just pray for the first group. God, the group that accepts you for the very first time. God, we believe that you're going to move in their situation. God, that you're going to move in their lives. God, that this is the best decision, God, that they could ever make. God, that this is the best thing they could ever do. God, that they won't ever regret this decision of following you. God, and for the second group that is here and saying that they're going through a lot and they just want to give everything to you, God, I pray that they'll just lay it at your feet. God, they won't pick it back up when they leave this building. God, that they will leave renewed. They will leave refreshed. They will leave changed. They will leave different. God, that you start working in their situation. You start working in their marriage. That you start working in their finances. You start working in their family, their schools, their jobs. God, that you start doing what you do. God, because you are so great, you are so loving, you are so amazing. God, and you have everything that we want and so much more. God, so I pray that we'll worry about nothing and pray about everything. God, I pray that we'll give everything to you. God, I pray that we'll understand that you are not finished yet, that you are still working. God, that we matter. That whoever is listening, that whoever is watching matters. That their life matters. That they'll keep going. That they won't give up. That they'll keep walking in the direction that you called them to walk in. God, so we thank you, God, for what you are doing, God, in our city and in our church, God, and in these people. God, we believe that you're so great. God, that their lives will be forever changed. God, so we just thank you, praise you, worship you, and everybody said, amen, amen. Can somebody just give Jesus a shout of praise?